0: All right, week 15 is upon us. Welcome on into the Football Friday show right here at My Live Sports presented as always by our friends over at Superbook Sports. We've got Quite the week ahead of us weekend. We got some Saturday football to talk about. Hopefully we have football to talk about in general. I mean, I'm getting the updates left and right uh, with COVID starting to run wild across all the major sports, but the NFL uh, is getting hit hard in particular. Seems like games could be getting postponed. So this is certainly a very interesting week to try to get a read on from a betting perspective. So uh, welcome on in hope everybody's doing well on this Friday. Uh, if you're looking for a new sports book to sign up with, guys, look no further than our friends over at Superbook. And we've got the brand-new Mile High Sports Magazine right here in front of us, Nikola Jokic. It's going to be a good one. So um, looking forward to this. And if you guys are, like I said, looking for a new sports book to sign up with, do that with uh, Superbook Sports. They're going to match your first deposit dollar-for-dollar dollar up to 500 bucks. Okay. And I just got the update on the big whiteboard, so I apologize for the distraction. But uh, Josina Anderson reporting: the Cleveland Browns and Las Vegas Raiders game is going to be moved to Monday Night Football. So uh, now two Monday Night games, if I'm remembering. What do we got? Chicago and Minnesota on Monday Night, and now we're also going to have Cleveland, Las Vegas. And, and let's just get this out of the way. That's that's the right move. I mean, that's what you've got to do here. Uh, There is a lot of moving parts going on right now, like I said, across all the sports leagues. uh, But it seems like Cleveland was kind of the tip of the iceberg, being one of the first teams where you saw, you know, Baker Mayfield test positive, then Case Keenum tested positive, Kevin Stefanski uh, not going to be coaching in this matchup. So, uh, yes, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns, that game is going to be moved to Monday Night Football. Thankfully, that was not a game I was planning to talk about on this program because – that game has been – what was it? It was like Cleveland minus three. or I know Cleveland was the favorite for majority of the week, and now Cleveland, as I'm seeing right now, is plus two and a half. I expect this game to get pulled off the board completely as they try to work through this COVID situation. But unfortunately, you know, this is not the only game that is going to be affected by COVID. And truthfully, you know, the games that we're going to talk about today, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. We'll also, of course, talk about the Broncos matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Also got thoughts on Titans, Steelers, and Packers, Ravens. Everything I'm about to say, like quite possibly, quite literally – could become, you know, just obsolete come Sunday because of all this COVID stuff. I mean, it's just really hard to get a read on these teams early in the week. And it's really been interesting from a betting perspective because, you know, the NFL... You know, a lot of these sports books say it's the hardest sport for them to get a read on. It's the hardest sport to handicap. And from the betting perspective, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of sharp bettors especially, love to bet these NFL games early in the week on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you kind of have to throw that out the window right now because it's just so hard to handicap this uh, considering the volatility that's going on across the league right now uh, with the COVID-19 situation. So, again, Browns Raiders move to Monday night. That is unfortunate. And just a little other Denver sports news while we're at, while we're at it. Um, this just came out about what, 10, 15 minutes ago, the Colorado Avalanche are not going to play another hockey game until after Christmas, December 27th against the Vegas golden Knights. That's when they're expected to come back. But I believe what the abs are one of three teams that had all of their games through Christmas canceled. So like I said, you know, it's not just the NFL. You see the NHL dealing with us with this. I know the NBA has players left and right in the COVID protocol. Uh, so it's not smooth sailing right now for all of the sports teams, but you know, with that as well, COVID aside, I mean, this is kind of a funky weekend for the NFL as well. I mean, I'm looking here. There's four big, big spreads. You've got Washington getting 10.5 points on the road. Buffalo laying 11.5 against Carolina. Uh, the Jets, 9.5-point dogs against Miami. The Cowboys, 10.5-point favorites against the Giants. I mean, these are games that I'm probably not touching in the first place when you've got these massive spreads. So, uh, you know, you throw in the COVID factor and how this is all going to kind of play out. Uh, it certainly makes for a doozy of a betting weekend here in Week 15. So we'll do our best. Like I said, you got to keep up. Hopefully you got your apps downloaded on your phone uh, for your fantasy teams and whatnot, because injuries COVID uh, is going to play a massive deciding factor in how to uh, kind of approach this week. I will say it might be a good opportunity to tease some teams down. Like I said, there's some pretty big spreads out there. I've got a couple teaser ideas as well. I don't tend to play teasers all that often, but when you've got these big spreads, it might be a good idea to try to take some of these down, knowing that COVID is going to be a factor as well. Uh, If you want to try to bet early in the week, maybe give yourself some leniency with the teasers as well. Um, So, okay, let's go ahead and dive into our first game. And I had to start with the circus act that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Will it be a circus act moving forward now that Urban Meyer is no longer the head coach? I don't know know regardless the public everybody in their mothers right now is on not everybody but a lot of people are on the Jacksonville Jaguars because we saw Jacksonville open up as the three-point favorite that has ballooned all the way up to minus five they're taking on the Houston Texans this weekend and you know it's probably what Jacksonville Houston and Detroit probably the three worst teams in the NFL and I I'm just very curious at this game as a whole because we all know that the Urban Meyer saga was a complete and utter disaster he didn't even make it through his first full year of a five-year contract uh you know Shad Khan had absolutely no choice but to can Urban Meyer. And now the public perception on this team with Jacksonville, I think, is changing a little bit. It's not like they're overly talented. I mean, they do have some talent. James Robinson will actually probably see the light of day for once again, which is going to be fantastic. He's on my fantasy team, too, so I need that in the playoffs this week. Uh, But, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence gets a little more confidence now. It just seems like... Urban Meyer was this big gray cloud over the Jacksonville Jaguars and you know this is the Jaguars organization at the end of the day so it's not like they're this renowned astute organization that's known for winning consistently I mean it's a team and organization that needs a facelift but you know urban Meyer definitely took this team backwards I would say so like I said we saw Jacksonville open up as a three-point favorite against the spread for this one uh, now up to minus five on Superbook and I I kind I understand it because you're looking at two teams in Jacksonville and Houston that I really both of these teams have kind of got worse as the season progressed. And I know that Houston was able to kind of hang around last week against Seattle up until the fourth quarter. But, I mean, these are two teams that just – are kind of spinning in circles. And you look at Houston as well. COVID aside, they're dealing with some injuries. They're not going to have Rex Burkhead on the offense for Houston. And, you know, he's one of their more dynamic players as well. Uh, Davis Mills has been kind of handed the reins as the starting quarterback for the Texans here moving forward down the stretch. So uh, don't expect to see Tyrod Taylor bearing any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, Davis Mills coming off his best game last week, though, against Seattle at home. He had 331 passing yards against them. And, look, when you're talking about someone who's like a Davis Mills, I mean, like a Zach Wilson, right, two weeks ago, I forget who they, uh, against the Eagles, right? He had a pretty good game. I think he threw for close to 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, didn't turn over the ball. And what did he do last week? He laid an absolute goose egg. And when I look at someone like a Davis Mills, who's a rookie playing on a bad team, I kind of want to say, prove it to me again after you have a career game last week. So, you know, the fact that Davis Mills has 331 yards passing last week and looked, you know, somewhat competent for the Texans, you know, I kind of want to see him do it again against a Jaguars team that is going to have a breath of fresh air going into this matchup, but uh, you know, the Jaguars' offense has not been good. And this is actually a matchup that Houston has owned historically. They've won uh, seven in a row against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And remember, this is a division opponent, so they do play pretty frequently. Uh, so seven in a row head-to-head, and they've won 13 of the last 15 matchups as well. Uh, that's just in general, regardless of home or away. And uh, the Jaguars' offense, you know, We've seen Trevor Lawrence pretty much regress over the course of the season, which I think is a little startling, considering you know how highly touted of a prospect that he was. The Jaguars' offense has failed to score uh, more than 25 points in that span as well, historically against the Texans, but and recently, uh, you know they've really struggled to put up the points. You know they didn't score last week against uh, against uh, the Titans, and you, you really haven't seen the ascension from Trevor Lawrence in which you wanted to see. Do you chalk that up to Trevor Lawrence the player, or do you chalk that up to Trevor Lawrence being coached by Urban Meyer, who seemed to you know just kind of stir the pot the entire time? time that he was coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you know, on the Trevor Lawrence note as well, he has yet to throw for, he has not thrown for over 300 yards since October 17th. So it's been well over a month since, we, since we've seen Trevor Lawrence, you know, have a pretty good game. And look, you know, we saw the Jaguars beat up, not beat up, but, the, you know, they got a good win against the Buffalo Bills. They've been in some of these games. They did lose to Houston the first week of the season, 37 to 21. But uh, I think, you know, when it comes to looking at this game again, COVID aside, how much emphasis are you going to put into the departure of Urban Meyer? Because it seems like, you know, I was listening to some other statements listening to just a bunch of different sports betting conversation this week. uh, You know, the Jaguars players were at their wits with Urban Meyer as a head coach. I know there was some speculation that Jaguars players were talking about, you know, trying to stand up to the coach, potential revolt, uh, you know, expressing their disconcern or their concern to Shad Khan. I mean, this was a locker room that in a way was kind of unified in their distaste for their head coach. So maybe now that they've got that breath of fresh air in here, uh, you know, maybe this is going to be enough to establish some momentum for them here. And obviously they're not going to do anything special. I mean, there's the zero percentage chance they're going to the playoffs. You know, this is still a team that's playing for the other debt for another day, uh, but maybe it's an opportunity here for them to try to right the ship heading into next season. Obviously, they've still got young talent uh, at the quarterback position with a blue chip prospect in Trevor Lawrence. And you've got Daryl Bevel. Taken over as the interim head coach, who is the offensive coordinator. So uh, you'd think some familiarity there, some trust, hopefully, between Trevor Lawrence uh, and Coach Bevel as the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars get set to take on the Houston Texans but the other here's the thing the players on the field are going to be playing hard no matter what because they're playing for contracts you know it's a it's a week-to-week league the NFL uh, but this game has massive implications on the NFL draft and I can't believe we're already talking about that but the loser of this game bearing anything crazy from Detroit is probably going to be in the driver's seat for the number two overall pick in the draft so you know the organization is probably sitting here like is it better for us to win down the stretch here, you know, try to establish some momentum going into the offseason, or is it better for us to, you know, establish a high draft pick? And again, we are talking about two division opponents. So, you know, if Houston loses and gets that higher draft pick, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, it's, it's definitely something you might look back on. But again, the players on the field are not thinking about that. They're talking about going to put their best foot forward and playing good football. And uh, it's just a, it's a worthy talking point in my mind. And look, I do, the, the thing that scares me with Jacksonville is. Minus three is very understandable, and I mean it's it, it's that's indicative of two division opponents, two of the worst teams in the league. Division opponents, on a you know with the with a slight edge going towards the Jacksonville Jaguars, being that they're home team, right? That's basically what a three point spread is telling you. But now that we've seen this move up, we've seen it steam up to five. There's a lot of public money coming in on Jacksonville, and I think a lot of people you know, really kind of put all the blame or a majority of the blame on Urban Meyer for their shortcomings this season. And to be fair, you know, it's hard to get much lower than what the Jacksonville Jaguars were, uh, you know, over the course of these 13 games with Urban Meyer as a head coach. So, uh, you know, I I do like Jacksonville in the game. I, I like the idea of playing them with momentum minus five scares me a lot and again this is you, you can't really give out firm picks firm leans right now just because you don't know what's going to happen with COVID uh, I will definitely be paying attention to this one this is a degenerate stream I mean outside of the Urban Meyer notion right I mean who's watching Jags Texans and, and maybe it's a breakout game for this offense uh, you know Robinson in the backfield can be a dynamic playmaker for this Jags offense as well um, you know like I said I, I I like the idea of proving it to me again with Davis Mills he had his career high 331 passing yards last week Rex Burkhead not going to play in this one he's a dynamic playmaker for them, and uh, you know I think their defense is banged up. A couple linebackers too popping up on the injury report. So I lean towards the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like them in the game. Minus five is a big number for this team to you know to try to cover, considering they're one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, but I do like the juice. I like the storyline that comes with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But again, we have to see how this all shakes out with COVID. But that's kind of my read on this one. I think that there's some you know a breath of fresh air, some newfound life with this Jaguars team, and I'm uh, excited to see how it plays out on the gridiron come Sunday. But Jacksonville, as of right now on Superbook, land five points against the Houston Texans and just to rehash it though Houston has been you know historically dominant in this matchup they've won seven in a row against Jacksonville and 13 of their last 15 head-to-head against the Jaguars so uh, this has been a good spot to back the Texans and they beat them once already this season 37 to 21 so uh, if you want to get your bets in guys look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks there's a zillion different sports books out there a bunch of different promo options there's none better than our friends over at Superbook Sports where they're going to match your first deposit up To 500 bucks, meaning you give them 250, you'll get an additional 250 bucks to bet with. You give them 100, they'll give you 100. You know, they're going to match your first deposit all the way up to 500. It's an incredible way to build up your bankroll. Okay, let's hit a break. When we come back, we will take a look at a couple more football games here. We've got the Tennessee Titans going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you've watched the show before, you know that I am a loyalist to Mike Tomlin. Might have to change that this week. And then we've also got the Green Bay Packers going up against the uh, injury riddled. Baltimore Ravens so two games coming up next and then we'll save the Broncos for the end right here on the football Friday show Mile High Sports presented by Superbook Sports we'll be back in just a few minutes get you guys ready to bet week 15 from a betting perspective all right, welcome on back to the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. If you're looking for a new book to add to your sports betting mix, look no further than our friends over at Superbook. They'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. And while we're talking about Superbook, here is a look at the brand-new copy of Mile High Sports Magazine. It's going to be coming out here uh, in a little bit, so keep an eye out at, uh, Keep an eye out for it locally in your barber shops, your bagel shops, all that good stuff. But uh, Nikola Jokic on the cover, this is our awards issue. So, uh, of course, presented by Superbook Sports here at the bottom. And uh, just such a clean looking cover, man. Doug Ottawell and company did a fantastic job with the magazine this time around, as always. But uh, yes, Superbook is also the presenting sponsor of the latest copy of Mile High Sports magazine. So. Uh, showing that off and you know who, who's more deserving for sports person of the year than Nicole Jokic MVP for your Denver Nuggets last season uh, Prob, look I'm not going to get into that but 13 to 1 12 to 1 whatever Jokic is at right now in the sports books he's playing like an MVP if you want to sprinkle a little bit on that I would not I've done it and I just did a whole segment the other day talking about why he's not going to win MVP but he's playing so damn good that I feel like you have to sprinkle at this point uh, because if Denver can get their act together and hopefully start playing good basketball maybe finish top three top four you know, it's going to be hard to uh, not give him his second consecutive award. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check out the new copy of life Sports Magazine and uh, look for Nikola Jokic on the cover presented by Superbook Sports. But, uh, all right, this is actually probably one of the better games to try to take a look at this weekend because it is a pick'em right now. And, you know, Anything can go. Anything can go wrong here with COVID. Things can get flipped upside down right now. But the next game I want to talk about is the uh, Tennessee Titans on the road at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm really not understanding uh, the movement on this one. And this is coming from certified Pittsburgh Steelers Mike Tomlin lover. Neil Shapiro, who is literally backed up, you know, I, I don't think I've bet against Pittsburgh all season. This might be the first time I'm going to consider doing it. Uh, you've got Tennessee, who's nine and four right now, and I know Kansas City won last week, but entering Week 15, Kansas City, Tennessee, uh, tied with the New England Patriots for the most wins in the AFC. So, assuming that Tennessee can get a win here. You know, they're going to continue to kind of set themselves up uh, to get that number one seed when it's all said and done. But Titans opened up as the two and a half point favorite for this one. It's now down to a pick them on Superbook, uh, which is actually one of the better lines out there. I was just looking, comparing to some of the other books out there. A lot of minus ones, a lot of one and minus one and a half. If you want to consider taking Tennessee, uh, but you can get them at a pick of minus one ten on Superbook right now. So that's a pretty good price. Uh, no A.J. Brown for them. Uh, for Tennessee in this one, although Julio Jones is expected to be available to play in this one, expected to make his return. It's been quite some time since we've seen Julio Jones on the football field and when he was playing for Tennessee earlier this season, not the most impressive. But look at what Odell Beckham Jr. has been doing in L.A. the last three weeks. I mean, you know, they're, they're, there's talent on the football field, and, you know, Julio Jones is a natural talent at the receiver position, so we'll see uh, what Tennessee can do with that. Obviously, no you know Derrick Henry as well, but they've been doing a good job. Tennessee has it, you know, getting some consistent running with the uh, RB by committee kind of tactics here. But, uh, yeah, so like I said, the Titans nine wins. They're going to tie Kansas City and New England right now at the start of the week for the most wins in the AFC. Kansas City gets to win last night, but assuming New England and Tennessee, you know, can match that, they'll still be kind of a three-dog race for that number one seed. And, uh, you know, there's there's a couple thoughts that I have on the Steelers. I, I love Mike Tomlin. I really do. I mean, you have him at 6-6-1. Six, six, and one which is, I think, a lot better, at least close, you know, I think a lot of people thought that this was the year that it was all going to kind of fall apart for Pittsburgh, you know, Big Ben on the back nine, he really hasn't been playing that well, Uh, you know, TJ Watt's been up and down, Chase Claypool's more focused on TikTok dances than he is getting first downs and getting to the line quick enough, Uh, you know, there's just a lot of question marks with this aging Pittsburgh Steelers team, but Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, top three head coach in the game, I mean, it's really hard to pick anybody over him, you know, you've got the Belichicks of the world, you got Harbaugh as well, but uh, I mean, you could put up, you could put Mike Tomlin up with just about anybody, and I Probably take him. Uh, And, you know, that's why he has his team playing hard for all four quarters. But where Pittsburgh has fallen behind is early in games. Pittsburgh has done an excellent job of coming back late. Uh, Pittsburgh actually leads the league with 144 points scored in the fourth quarter. So they're the highest scoring team in the NFL in the fourth quarter. But in the last month alone, we've seen Pittsburgh trail by at least 17 points three different times. So Pittsburgh gets down early in these games. They manage to kind of, you know, scrap and claw their way back. And, you know, sometimes they win late, sometimes they cover late, maybe they lose a close game. Uh, but again, 144 points scored for the Steelers in the fourth quarter. That's the most points scored by any NFL team in that sp- in that little span. Uh, but we've seen them go down early, trailing by at least 17 points three different times in the last month alone. So, you know, I- I'm looking at that. And, and if we're going to follow some trends here and looking at how Pittsburgh's been playing – I do kind of expect them to get out to a little bit of a slower start here. We'll have to see, uh, you know, if that does come to fruition. We have seen Pittsburgh kind of their offensive coordinator giving, you know, more hurry up, no huddle type of play style opportunities to Ben Roethlisberger, maybe a little bit more control of the offense later in the game. Maybe, you know, since that's where they're getting their success, maybe they pivot here a little bit. And the other thing about Pittsburgh here too is if they lose this week, their playoff chances are basically over and done with. I mean, they really had to win last week against Minnesota. They're also getting a little bit of extra rest because that game was played on Thursday Night Football. So that's something to keep an eye on here too. But uh, you know, if you want to bet a dog with their back against the wall, then Pittsburgh might be the side for you. But I just, like I said, I don't understand the line movement here for Tennessee because it's not like Derrick Henry just got hurt last week. It's not like A.J. Brown just got hurt last week. They've been playing without these guys for a little bit. They're going to get Julio Jones back. I think that's a little bit of a boost to the offense, and we've seen Tennessee beat some quality opponents, and Tennessee sometimes has the tendency to play up or down to the level of their competition, right? Losses to the Jets, losses to the Texans this season, Uh, but, you know, they do have wins over the Chiefs, Seahawks, Bills, Colts twice, Saints, and the Rams, so, you know, this is an opportunity here for Tennessee if they continue to get up for these big games. I mean, I think they're going to be here, uh, you know, they should have a strong opportunity to win this game against Pittsburgh, who's not the best team in the world, but, you know, Tennessee knows what's in front of them. They still have the opportunity to lock up that number one seed in the AFC, which I I think is going to be massive for a Super Bowl chance and uh, if they can go out there and take care of business I think it's Tennessee's game to lose and and my rule of thumb with the Titans is back them as a dog don't really back them as a favorite and like I said I mean I probably would have still consider them at minus two and a half but the fact that it's down to pick them right now is you know flip a coin pick your team and away you go I just think Tennessee has a lot more to play for and as resilient as Pittsburgh has been this season I look at the Titans as a team that like I said they, they know what they're playing for they have legitimate championship aspirations regardless of the injuries that they're currently dealing with they've been able to run the ball effectively Ryan Ryan Tannehill, I believe, has six run, rushing touchdowns this season. One more rushing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill will match his career high. And, you know, it, it's it's a team that is learning how to play through adversity. And, I mean, they've been dealing with adversity all throughout the season. I think Mike Vrabel is a tough-nosed head coach. Like I said, I like me some Mike Tomlin, but I do think Vrabel, you know, he, he, he's no Joe Schmo. And, uh, you know, I think another thing you have to keep an eye on here, too, is the injury report, especially with T.J. Watt. Now, T.J. Watt's been out with a legitimate injury, not COVID-related. Uh, but here's a stat for you. Pittsburgh is 6-2 and two this season. Or, excuse me, 6. And two when they've had T.J. Watt when he plays a full four quarters, o oh, four and one when he's limited or out entirely. So if you've got a healthy T.J. Watt, he's out there for four quarters. Uh, we've seen that maybe Tennessee's offensive line isn't the strongest in the world. You're going to be able to wreak havoc on Tennessee, make like make life uncomfortable for Tannehill and company. But again, six and two when Watt plays a full four quarters, o oh, oh, four and one when he's limited or out entirely. So putting this all together, uh, the one play that I do like, assuming nothing crazy happens with COVID, which Could very well not be the case. Uh, I do like the Tennessee Titans in the game, but I like them especially in the first half. You can get Tennessee minus a half point at plus 110 right now on Superbook Sports. Just, you know, looking at these numbers here a little bit, Pittsburgh does scare me a little bit for the full game, just knowing that they have scored the most points out of any NFL team in the fourth quarter. You pair that with the fact that we've seen them get down by more than two touchdowns in a handful of their last few games. I like Tennessee coming out strong, kind of sticking it to Pittsburgh in the first half, getting a lead going to half. I like them to finish it out in the second half as well, but assuming Pittsburgh kind of flips that switch, which we've seen them do over the last few weeks, I mean, that fourth quarter can be a little erratic. So I like the Tennessee Titans in the full game, but I like them even more in the first half, minus a half point, plus 110. If you want to play them straight up on the first First half money line, it's minus one ten at Superbook Sports, so you know even money right there. Good stuff uh, from our friends over at Superbook, but that, that's kind of my read for this one. And I, I, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's not an underdog right now at a pick 'em, but historically he's covering about a seventy one percent clip as a home underdog. We've seen this line come crashing down. I do like to fade line movement in these type of situations, and the fact that I can get Tennessee at a pick 'em as opposed to minus two and a half where they opened where I'm still kind of scratching my head as to why this line is moving down. Like, I understand it's Pittsburgh. I understand it's Mike Tomlin. But Tennessee is, you know, they're they're, they're no joke. I mean, they have some legitimate wins. I like the Titans in this game at a pick-em right now on Superbook Sports. So, There's my thoughts for that one, and uh, we'll move over now to the Green Bay Packers matchup with the Baltimore Ravens, and this is going to be another fascinating one. You've got the uh, Green Bay Packers, who are 11-2 against the spread this season, the most profitable team in the league, ATS, going up against a Ravens team that is, uh, you know, dealing with some injuries, and they nearly—well, you know what the Ravens did last week? Because they spoiled my Browns minus two-and-a-half bet, which was an absolute joke. I mean, Cleveland— That's the thing. I understand they're dealing with their COVID stuff right now, but I mean, week after week, I mean, this, I mean, that's why I picked Baltimore to win the division before the year started. Cleveland was everybody's public darling child. Everybody loved the Cleveland Browns. They've been bad for so long. Baker Mayfield is just not good right now. And I understand that he's hurt, but my gosh, they are so uninspiring to lead that game the way they did and blow the lead and blow the cover. The way they did is just repulsive. So, uh, Sorry about that. I'm still because I had a great betting weekend last week, and it was just one of those things that it's still even a sour taste in my mouth because Cleveland minus two and a half was certainly the right side, uh, but that's where coaching gets you. You know, Harbaugh has his guys playing tough all four quarters until it hits triple zeros, and uh, Baltimore gets that cover. So uh, they're going up this week though against the Green Bay Packers team. Like I said, the most profitable team ATS this season. Uh, both quarterbacks dealing with injuries though. You've got Aaron Rodgers who's been hobbled by the toe injury for the last three weeks, and then you've also got Lamar Jackson uh, who's dealing with a little bit of a sprained ankle. He left that game early last week. Against the ball or against the uh, Cleveland Browns, excuse me. So uh, injury is going to be a big thing here. But looking at Rodgers, you know, I you can't put you have to put some stock into the injury. You know, it kind of sits in the back of your head. But you know, since fighting about the toe injury, Aaron Rodgers has thrown ten touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and the Packers are averaging thirty-seven points per game. They have not skipped a beat. And I understand that, you know, maybe there's some discomfort. You know, he's obviously not 100%, but uh, the, the Packers' offense is reared and ready to go uh, week after week, regardless of the situation with Aaron Rodgers. Now, you're talking Lamar Jackson, though. He's got a sprained ankle situation. He relies on his mobility to kind of navigate around the pocket. That is an injury that certainly concerns me, and we haven't seen him play on this ankle yet. And even before the injury, you know, we're, we're talking about a Ravens team that was only averaging 16 points per game in their last four, and I believe they'd lost three of their last four games as well, a team that was kind of trending in the wrong direction, and while John Harbaugh has them playing hard, there's some big red flags with this Ravens team. A lot of them you can chalk up to injuries, but those red flags are still very, very present for this matchup this week uh, against the Green Bay Packers. So we saw Green Bay sitting right around minus five and a half for a majority of the week. They're now sitting at minus six and a half on Superbook, which I do think is about right. Uh, There's just so much uncertainty right now, but the other thing to take a look at here, or is we're talking about two of the most uh, winningest teams in the regular season over the last three years. Green Bay has the most regular season wins over the last three seasons with 36, and Baltimore is in third with 33 wins. Uh, the only team with more wins than Baltimore besides the Green Bay Packers is the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season. So these are two franchises that have made a living, a knack for playing well in the regular season, and now they're going to clash here. I don't, and I don't, I don't think they've played each other head-to-head since 2017, so uh, not the most common of matchups here for these two teams. But, you know... Just looking at Aaron Rodgers, looking at the Packers, I, I just think you have to lean here minus six and a half. And I do actually think this is a prime teaser spot because you can get uh, Green Bay down to minus a half point. If you do a six point teaser, basically asking him to win the game. Uh, I do hesitate a little bit at the six and a half COVID situation. Rogers, toe, we've got the numbers to kind of support the fact that they have been playing well, regardless of the injury. Uh, but just knowing all the wackiness has been going on, you know, and as I said in the first segment, uh, you know, teasers might be the way to go with some of these games. And while I do feel confident in Green Bay's ability to win this game, win it hand, and, and cover this spread minus a six and a half. Uh, if you want to you know, play it a little bit safer, uh, then the teaser route might be the one for you. So, uh, like I said, t- Green Bay minus six and a half right now. And I really just come back to trusting Rodgers in this situation, right? Because we're seeing, like, the, every time you hear about a toe injury, anything injury, hobbling, not practicing, listed as questionable, you know, it kind of makes you irk a little bit, but again, he's thrown 10 touchdown passes, no interceptions since that toe injury became a thing publicly, and they're averaging 37 points per game. So even with an injured Rodgers, we're seeing this Packers team playing solid offense when you can't say the same for the Ravens, who are not playing well, even with a relatively healthy Lamar Jackson, and now he's got a sprained ankle, a zillion question marks. They lead the league with players on IR. Uh, There's just a lot of red flags here with the Baltimore Ravens. So again, you've got to be careful betting these games on a Friday or even on a Saturday, but uh, I, I lean towards the remade Packers minus 6.5, but I do like teasing them down to a half point, maybe pairing them with one of those other big favorites in the NFL this week, but I just think that they're the healthier team, even with a hobbled Aaron Rodgers. They've shown an ability to, you know, run up the scoreboard, haven't skipped a beat in that sense. And I, I just think you're going to see the bottom start to fall out just a little bit for this Baltimore team. And like Pittsburgh, you know, they know how to face adversity. They've got a good head coach, someone who got who has his guys playing hard regardless of the situation, backup quarterback or not. So you know that's always something to consider here with the Ravens. But you're going up against one of the best teams in the NFL in the regular season in the Green Bay Packers. Again, they've won 36 regular season games over the last three. Seasons. Season. Really tough team to beat. Uh, even though the Ravens are going to be home. And, you know, Green Bay's been the most profitable team, ATS, at 11-2. Hard to go against that right now. So I do like the Green Bay Packers, minus 6.5, and and also teasing them down to a half point on Superbook Sports. Okay, let's uh, hit a break. We've gone over three games, talked about Jags-Texans, talked about uh, Green Bay and Baltimore, and also Titans-Steelers. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to the local slate where the Denver Broncos are going to take on the Cincinnati Bengals in a game that is really going to dictate a lot of movement in the AFC playoff picture. The Broncos lose this game. They're pretty much down and out when it comes to making the playoffs. This could be Vic Fangio's last stand. Teddy Bridgewater playing for a lot, a lot on the line for the Denver Broncos this Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll talk about that when we come back uh, right here on the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. I'm Anilo Piro. Back in a few. All right, welcome on back. Football Friday, presented by our friends over at Superbook Sports. The Denver Broncos—they've got themselves a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you're looking for a sports book to bet that game with, look no further than our friends over at Superbook. They're going to match your first deposit, dollar for dollar, up to 500 bucks. It is an incredible way to build up your bankroll. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to give you an extra 100 bucks to play with. You deposit 250, they'll give you 250, so on and so forth, all the way up to 500 bucks. Guys, take advantage of that offer. And that's the thing. All these sports books, right? You got risk free bets. You've got, uh, you know, bonus this, bonus that. In my personal opinion, the deposit bonus is by far. The best promotion to get new sports betters in the door. It's the most bang for your buck. And look, a lot of these books don't do it up to 500. Some of these books, you know, 200 match, 300 match. SuperBook is offering you a 500 dollar for dollar deposit match. You've got to sign up with it. We're getting to the thick of the postseason, or the thick of the regular season here. NFL postseason coming up. You got bowl games in college football, NBA, NHL. I mean, this is the apex of the sports betting season. It's getting cold out. You want to sit on your couch and bet games all day. That. That's all I do when I go home. Is you know. open up the Superbook app, here we go, boom, boom, boom and away we go, you got the weekend breakfast, lunch and dinner, that's what we do here is eat sports betting and our friends over at Superbook, they are just so sensational at what they do, based out of Las Vegas, they've been doing it for longer than anybody and they have some real strong local Colorado ties, so uh, do yourself that favor guys, sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports and if you're looking for a place to watch your games in person and bet them in person, they actually have a brick and mortar retail sports book inside of the Lodge Casino up in Blackhawk, so if you want to go post up in the comfy chairs, you know, get the cocktails, you know, watch the games up there with a zillion TVs, get on up to the Lodge Casino where our friends over at Superbook have expanded for the first time. Outside of the state of Nevada, it's an incredible place to watch your games, and it's a great place to get your money in good. So do yourself that favor and check out our friends over at Superbook Sports. And again, the latest issue of Mile High Sports Magazine, folks. Here it is: Nikola Jokic on the cover, presented by Superbook Sports. It is he is our uh, Sports Person of the Year to our awards issue. So we've got a bunch of different awards: Pro Athlete of the Year, High School Coach of the Year, High School Athlete of the Year. Guys, this is a local version of Sports Illustrated. Seriously, you're not going to find a, a a production like this in any other state. Uh, where you have local writers covering local sports from that perspective. And uh, just so happy to have Superbook on here. And, and Doug Ottawell and staff did an absolutely fantastic job with our awards issue. Okay, let's dive into it. Broncos, Bengals, kind of for all the marbles here for the Denver Broncos, just to kind of shake it up here. Uh, if right now, as we stand on this Friday, December the 17th, the Denver Broncos have a 21% chance to make the playoffs. If they win on Sunday you're going to see that balloon up to right around 31%. So still not the greatest chances, not the greatest odds in the world. But, hey, 31% is a lot better than 21%. But here's where it gets scary. If the Broncos lose to the Bengals at home on Sunday, their playoff chances dwindle to just 6%. One Little digit, 6%. You're going to go from 20, 21% to 6% like that. Or you can go from 21% to 31% like that. So this is a big game for both of these teams as well because, you know, Cincinnati's trying to battle out for potentially the division. They can also be on the running for a wild card here. Uh, and both of these teams enter this contest with a record of 7-6. and six. So uh, it's going to be a competitive matchup. And look, from from an optics perspective, right, here we are, week 15, getting towards the end of the season. I know there's been a little back and forth about what should the Broncos do with Vic Fangio, you know, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, right? You're going to start to see the identity of what is going to be this team moving forward, I think, start to really take shape this week. Last week against Detroit, emotional scene due to the Demarius Thomas situation. You know, that was an excellent rally spot for the Denver Broncos. I'm not trying to discredit their performance, but they had a little extra juice for that one just with all the emotions going on, and they were playing a piss-poor team in the Detroit Lions. Now, can they follow that up this week against a Bengals team that is, in the you know, in a sense kind of has their back against the wall, kind of playing for their playoff relevancy as well? Uh, you know, we've seen the Bengals play some pretty good football this season, also susceptible to the bad loss. So uh, this is going to be a competitive matchup, and, and it, I like to think of it almost as like Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater's last stand, right? Because there was the rumors, which were kind of debunked, but not fully, that Teddy Bridgewater's looking for, you know, 25 million bucks a year. I don't know if you want to pay him that. I don't want to pay him that. I don't know if the Broncos want to pay him that. And obviously the writing is on the wall for Vic Fangio. I mean, I think everybody and their mothers is expecting Vic Fangio to move on, assuming the Broncos don't make the playoffs. If the Broncos make the playoffs, I would say there's a pretty damn good chance that Vic Fangio is running it back for the as the Broncos head coach next season. Now, obviously a long road to get there, but at the end of the day, the Broncos do control their own destiny. They've got a handful of games left. Um, they don't have to win out, but if Denver can win you know, three or four, win this week, win next week, I mean, they're going to be in the driver's seat really fully to try to make the playoffs here, but... Easier said than done. The Bengals are 4-2 and against the spread this season on the road, and the Broncos have been awful at covering spreads at home. They're 5-10-1 in their last 15 games as a home favorite against the spread, so not a good job there. And, you know, this is going to come down to defense because Cincinnati's rush defense is one of the better units in the league. They're averaging, uh, let's see here, Uh, the fourth fewest rushing yards per game 93.1 obviously we know that the Broncos have been relying on that tandem of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon although it should pretty much be Javante Williams most of the time in my opinion also for fantasy purposes but uh, you know the Broncos have had a a lot of success at running the ball here as of late sets up the play action for Teddy Bridgewater and when the Broncos can run the ball it really opens up what they can do offensively get a little bit more creative do a little bit more you know have the team thinking about you know the threat of running the ball like I said opens up more opportunities through the passing game here but Cincinnati you know they do play good defense but the broncos defense is also stout we're talking about a denver bronco team that is still top five in most primary defensive categories uh you know sometimes they let the teams move the ball in between the 20 yard line but once you get to the red zone they're a tough team to score touchdowns on and look we we know that they've got jamar chase obviously joe burrow still playing with the banged up pinky uh, a lot of factors coming into this one so it's going to be a battle of defenses and look i've been down on cincinnati as a whole this season i've lost some money betting against them i've won some money betting against them and you know the broncos you know, for lack of a better term, they are kind of just a bipolar football team. You don't know what you're going to get with this team one week to the next. I mean, outside of that three-game winning streak, it's been like hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and cold week after week. And, you know, you had a hot week last week. Are we going to get a cold week this week or can they kind of establish some momentum here? And, you know, being local, being here in Colorado, obviously knowing the Broncos, supporting them, all the nine, I the heart is telling me play the Broncos this week. Again, this is with the COVID situation as we know it right now. The heart is telling me, Back to Broncos. This is Vic Fangio. He's got his back against the wall. Teddy Bridgewater's got to prove something. We've also seen Teddy Bridgewater go on some win streaks to propel teams to the playoffs in the past. He did that in 2015 with the Vikings. You know this is a uh, not uncharted territory for the Broncos. It's unfamiliar, but you know some of these guys that are on this team have been there and done that. Uh, you know Vic Fangio has been around the league for a long, long time as a defensive coach. You know he's been in some high-pressure games. Uh, you know you still worry about him throwing the challenge flag when he shouldn't. But you know such is life, I suppose. If you want to play the heart, you back the Broncos here. And we've actually seen this line move quite a little bit. Uh, the look-ahead line on this one, I believe, was I, I, I know Cincinnati was the favorite. I want to say they were minus two and a half. Uh, the look-ahead line. So that was before last week's games, and now. We've seen this completely flip flop. It was sitting at Denver minus two and a half for a lot of the week, but it's now Denver minus three. I will be honest. If you want to play the Broncos, I like two and a half a lot more than I like three because this could be a field goal type game. Uh, You know, but if you think the Broncos have a playoff run in them, you know who your side is here. You know, I think Cincinnati. You know, while they're a good team with some talent, they're susceptible to a loss here. And uh, we know that the mile high air, thin altitude, that can also come into effect late in the year. I don't think it's going to be freezing, but these are all factors you have to consider. And you know. we we always talk about how home field advantage is kind of dwindling by the year, but I would say the Broncos probably have a top five home field advantage in the NFL. I mean, I think of Buffalo, I think of new Orleans, uh, Denver. I mean, those are kind of like the big, big green Bay. You know, I would say that Denver has one of these stronger home field advantages that you can still kind of use as a factor when it comes to looking at these games from a betting perspective. So uh, like I said, this is going to be a tough matchup for them. And, just knowing how bipolar they've been, if you get the good version of the Denver Broncos, I think this is a game that they can absolutely win and cover. But it also has the potential to be a long afternoon. And history kind of tells us, you know, since Peyton Manning, that these are the type of letdown games for the Denver Broncos, especially coming off a loss. Again, Denver 5 10 1 in their last 15 games as a home favorite. But. Like I said, I, I, I'm i down on Cincinnati. And, you know, this is Colorado. I live in Colorado. I want to see the Broncos do well. You want to see them be competitive. You want to see these games have meaning down the stretch. So the heart is telling me lean Denver minus three. The gut is telling me this is the ultimate letdown spot for them. I'm, look, I'm betting this game Sunday morning. Just knowing the COVID situations, there's too many wild factors to take a look at here. But I do think both, you know, because the crux here is can Cincinnati stop Denver's run game? And can Denver's secondary stop Cincinnati's vertical game? whoever wins that battle is probably going to win this game and look i don't have the most confidence in the world in Vic Fangio, but i sure as hell don't have a lot of confidence in zach taylor on the other side they're home they know what's in front of them and like i said we saw teddy bridgewater in 2015 they went on a five-game winning streak right there in the middle of the season and that was integral in getting them into the postseason as a wild card for the vikings that year so we'll have to see if that shakes out again here uh you know teddy still kind of playing for his opportunity as a uh to be a player you know long term here as a starter in the NFL so you know you got to take a look at the Broncos minus the three here but still a long ways to go for that game so I I just I'm kind of split on it oh let's see hold on we got we got Danny writing something on the board Schefter says Seattle slash LA is being moved to we got a Tuesday is that Tuesday We got a Tuesday football game. All right. I love Tuesday NFL football. Okay, obviously I shouldn't be celebrating because it's COVID. But if you're going to move the games, that means we get an extra day of NFL football on Tuesday. So we're going to have two Monday night football games. Now the game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams, or should I say the Fugazi Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams, is being moved to Tuesday. Look at that. So we're going to have NFL football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So come Saturday, we've got four consecutive days of NFL football to take a look at. So uh, on that note as well, this is your first time watching the Football Friday Show, I write a full betting primer that goes live on Friday evenings on milehighsports.com. So I'm going to be updating that all throughout the weekend, keeping you guys updated with the COVID situation. Uh, and like I said, this is just a really difficult kind of week to get a read on here. So uh, nothing real firm. And, and, you know, I also said, you know, this could be an opportunity to tease some of these teams down. I mean, looking at some of these big spreads on the board right now, Carolina land or Carolina getting 11 and points on the road at Buffalo, the Jets plus nine and a half at Miami, Dallas laying 10 and on the road at the Giants. Uh, you know, there's some big spreads. So maybe some teasing opportunities here uh, to try to approach this week that is already kind of ravaged with COVID-19. So uh, we'll have to see how this all kind of shakes out. But just to recap it, what I'm thinking for. For this week 15 NFL season I like Jacksonville in the game minus five scares me a little bit so maybe look for a live betting opportunity but I do think a breath of fresh air was absolutely necessary for that organization and Houston's been one of the worst teams in the league this season Davis Mills had a career game last week I will fade that this week so I'm taking a look at Jacksonville uh, I like the Titans over the Steelers and that's the first time I think I'm fading Pittsburgh this season outside of when they played the Broncos earlier this year and uh, I just don't understand why this line's moved down from two and a half to pick them Antonio Ertz, Antonio Brown, AJ Brown's not playing. Julio Jones is set to return. And, you know, Tennessee's got a lot in front of them. They should be able to go into Pittsburgh, get a win. So I lean there. The bad man, Aaron Rodgers, less than a touchdown on the road against a Baltimore Ravens team that is absurdly decimated by injuries. I lean towards Green Bay. And then – uh Typical heart-versus-gut play with the Broncos. If you want to play the heart, Broncos minus three, you want to play the gut, maybe take a look at Cincinnati. But uh, that's what we're looking at here for Week 15 of the NFL season. But, uh, all right, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for me on this uh, December, the 17th installment of the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. Again, the full Sports.com prime will be out here this evening thoughts on every single NFL game this weekend from a betting perspective. As always, courtesy of our friends at Superbook Sports. And pick up the latest copy of My Life Sports Magazine that's going to be dropping here soon, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Presented by our friends at Superbook, of course, you've got Nikola Jokic on the cover. He is our Sports Person of the Year. Such a clean cover, man. I mean, just Doug and company did a great job. It's sensational. Uh, and really good profile stories on not just Jokic, but I think we've got some Nathan McKinnon features in here. Uh, if you're into the high school sports as well, we've got a high school athlete of the year, high school coaches of The year and uh, look at this odds to win Pro Football Championship from Superbook Sports right smack dab in the middle of the magazine if you guys could see that and uh, let, you know let's have a little fun with that real quick before we get out of here Tampa Bay five to one Cardinals eight to one Patriots ten to one Dallas twelve to one Baltimore twelve to one Colts twenty to one I got two people in here you can't see them with me Danny who who would you pick to win the Super Bowl right now if you had to pick a team. Let's see let's see, let's see. let's see. And I'm going to ask you right to, after this, Andrew, so you, you get a team in mind. Packers. The Packers? All right, so you're looking at the Packers at 12-1. to 1. I think that's I think that's a good bet. I really do. And, I mean, there's been so much parity in the league this season that sometimes I think you got to just go with one of the goats. Aaron Rodgers is a goat, so Danny likes the Packers. Andrew, what about you? Who do you like to win the Super Bowl this year? Casey? All right. I like that as well. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, Kansas City coming in six to one right here in the magazine, courtesy of Superbook Sports. I probably agree with both of you guys. The Los Angeles Rams were my preseason Super Bowl pick. They're at ten to one right now. I'm not gonna lie, my Cowboys at twelve to one. If we can play some defense, that's a juicy play. That's a juicy play. And Andrews nauseating right now because he does not like the Los Angeles Rams since they were stolen from his his dear town of St. Louis all those years ago. So I apologize, my friend. But uh, okay, that's gonna do it for us, Superbook Sports. Proud presenting sponsor of the Football Friday Show and also the sponsor of the new copy of My Life Sports Magazine with Jokic on the cover. I'm just going to hold it because I get annoyed when that cover keeps moving. So pick it up and uh, be sure to sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. MyLifeSports.com for the primer. That's going to do it for me on this December 17th installment of the Football Friday Show. Thank you guys for watching very much. Did I say that right? And uh, away we go. Happy betting, bet smart, and keep an eye on that injury report with COVID running wild in Week 15. Talk to you guys next week.